The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. What's going on and welcome back to the Mental Reps Podcast, the MRP. And as per usual, I'm super excited that you are tuning in and really pumped for today's episode, giving you all the deets, the inside scoop on a few questions that each of you asked personally. And I love doing Q&A episodes like this because it really gives me a chance to kind of cater my responses, my, I mean, my podcast, everything that we're talking about to things that you personally are dealing with, struggling with, have questions on. And I think that one of the hardest parts of fitness is just not knowing. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I, I know everything in every answer and I can help you through anything you're going through, but I do feel like I have been through quite a bit. And you guys are very lucky for today because you don't just get to pick my brain. You also get to pick the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Zach Tripodi's brain as well. Zach, say what's up. Happy to be here in our living room. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> in our very professional podcast studio. Yeah, I'm super pumped for Zach to be joining on today because one, I think it's really cool for us to be able to kind of bounce ideas off of each other when it comes to a lot of these different topics in fitness. And I mean, he's got just as much, if not more experience with all of this than I do. And I know that I've learned so much from just being with him and being around him and I want to give him a chance to kind of share some of his thoughts as well. And I probably will argue, will agree on a lot of different things, but uh, I, I'm psyched for him to be here. I'm excited to go through these questions. There were quite a few that you guys did ask, which I loved. So we picked kind of our top, our top choices here, but that's not to say that if you did ask a question and it's not being answered, it won't be answered in the future. I will be absolutely doing future Q and A's uh, very, very soon. And those questions will be kind of delivered there. So thank you for joining in. And as per usual, we will be following up this conversation over in the Mental Reps Podcast Facebook group, where we will dive a little deeper into a few of these topics uh, and just make sure that I'm, I'm helping you guys out any way that I can. So if you're not already in the MRP FBG, you can go ahead and tap the link in the description of today's episode. And we are going to the MRP FBG. I think that's kind of cool though. No, it is cool. It all rhymes. The MRP FBG. Yeah. I like it. It's a thing. It is a thing. So if you guys are not in there already, you can tap the link in today's bio or in today's description and join on in. But we'll jump right into our questions, starting right here with number one. So question number one is kind of a two-part question because very, very similar questions asked by two of you, and we wanted to sort of mush them together to be able to answer both uh, and kind of just deliver as much as possible. So part one of this two-part series is tips for balancing eating family dinners, eating out, and sticking to it. And part two being how do you stay so determined to hit your nutrition goals consistently? So Zach, what do you got in nutrition? How do you typically stay on track? So when it comes to eating out, something that I like to do, not only myself personally, but what I like to tell my clients to do as well is be really conscious of the amount of calories that I'm consuming before that cheat meal. So if I know that I'm going out that night, I'm making sure for breakfast, lunch, snacks, any of those meals, I'm consuming lean protein, high fiber, and really trying to minimize fats. Would you say it's pretty much the same for you? Yeah. My only thing too with that is like, do you consider every meal out <clears throat> like a quote unquote cheat meal? No. And that's... I think that's. I know it's easier to like call it that when you're like out at a restaurant and like the food's good and it's like, oh, I want that burger and fries. But like, I don't know, even let's pin it to like holiday season when you go out with your family for like a Christmas Eve dinner or this and that. Like, would you consider that a cheat meal or like how would you approach a situation like that? Is it any different? Um, I mean, I think the family dinner versus going out to like a restaurant, I think there's a little bit of a difference there. But I would say overall, 
if you have an idea of what you're eating beforehand, you can always be more conscious right. of the calories that you're consuming, what you're consuming. And like the choice that and you the make. choices. Yeah, exactly. So you would say it's a little bit, not loosey-goosey, but more loosey-goosey when you're going out to eat versus just like, I don't know, a family dinner. Maybe you still live at home and you're younger, right? Like you have family dinner like Tuesday night or what? Like every night of the week they're doing some sort of dinner at home. Would you say that could be a little bit more, I guess, controlled? Yeah, I'd say that compared to what they're cooking with at restaurants right, right, and right. the oils and all that type of stuff, I think you can be a little bit better. Yeah, and I would agree with that too. Like when you know you're going out to eat, and I, I kind of think of it in two different situations. And you got to call yourself out on this too. If you are out to dinner with your friends, your girlfriends, your significant other, your family multiple times a week, like that needs to one, probably be dialed down a little bit if your goals are especially are fat loss or seeing muscle definition or toning. You probably got to dial down on that a little bit. Um, but two, like you, you can't look at each of those experiences as this like extravaganza of what can I order? And we're doing apps and we're doing this pasta dish and we're getting desserts. And of course we're getting drinks. If that is the case, kind of to Zach's point, like I would look at that as a cheat meal, right? Even if it's like, well, I picked something with veggies in it or I picked a steak. Like, yes, that's a quote unquote healthier meal. But if you're having that many of those types of meals out during the week, it's it's going to absolutely slow down progress. So for balancing that, I think a good balance, honestly, you got to figure out what's allowed or I guess what's you can do and still see progress. For some people that might be out once a week. For some people that might be out once or twice a month. Like you really need to kind of dial down on what you can do and still quote unquote stick to it. And if going out to eat is a huge temptation where, I don't know, maybe you are Zach and you're like, I need the double burger and I need the fries or like, I mean, that's not your choice all the time. But if that's what you genuinely like to eat when you do go out, maybe we don't go out, you know, every Friday, Saturday night. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think when you're making it more of like a when you're making it more of a routine and you're just doing it more consistently than you're doing resistance training or going right. to the gym, that's when you're going to run into an issue. Yeah, like if your meals out are more than your meals in, that's that's I think when it starts to get a little dicey and that's where it needs to be one of those like okay, that's not a balance. That's just you saying how do I still see progress while having a shitty diet and like there's no seeing progress with a shitty diet. So finding a balance, maybe it is once a week, maybe when you do go out, right, you are still doing what Zach said making sure you're eating lean protein, making sure calories are limited, right? Just intentionally limited to start the day because you know that meal is going to be a little bit heavier. Now, like I said, I kind of think of it in tiers and I'm sure Zach, you're the same way too with like family and birthdays. And when it's like that, if it's our like big anniversary, like I don't think the two of us are going to our anniversary dinner being like, oh, got to order the salad. You know what I mean? So like, do you kind of think of it differently between like just a random meal out versus like a celebration, a Christmas Eve dinner. Do you approach it a different way? I do. I was going to say it's just, it goes back to what we were talking about before. And I think just the importance with pre-logging again, just really, right. if you know that you're going to go pig out at dinner, you're making sure if you are somebody in a caloric deficit, you're probably being more conscious of the calories that you're consuming earlier in that day. So yeah. I think that's kind of the approach that you got to go with it, especially with a shredding goal or fat loss Right. Goal. Yeah. And that totally depends too. If your goal is to build right now, like this, not that, it do, yeah, not that it doesn't apply, but you definitely have a little bit more leniency. Um, but for me, like I, if it is a Christmas Eve dinner or it's a Christmas dinner, it's Thanksgiving, those are not the meals where I'm like, oh my gosh, nothing, you know, off plan touches my plate. Like, and I've done episodes on this too. I actually just did one for Thanksgiving on, you know, how to build your plate. Those tactics should be applied, but it shouldn't be this hyper restriction focus around food. Now, if you are someone who does live at home and you're eating family dinners multiple nights a week, like those types of meals, you absolutely can and probably should get a little bit stricter on like what's on your plate. Um, I know for me personally, when I was still living at home and very much on my fitness journey, I was tracking my food. I was weighing my food. If my family was like doing a big meal on like a Friday night, 
night. My dad was making chicken cutlets. We've got pasta. We've got all this. Like I took my food scale from the kitchen, walked it three feet to the living room. And I use that food scale because it's just my family and they're all very much aware of my goals. And that was a conversation I had to have to kind of build that relationship. And like, yeah, I'm going to weigh out my chicken because a meal like that, again, multiple times a week, it matters to me that I kind of stay on track. Um, So part two of this question as, as well, which I mean, I've gone over nutrition tactics and tips and whatnot here on the show many, many times, but I really don't think that there's enough that can be said. Um, how do you stay so determined to hit your nutrition goals consistently? So Zach, what is, what's the driving force? What's the motivator when you're like, cause both of us too, like huge sweet tooth, right? Like I feel like the two of us were not naturally inclined to not snack. Like we right? Like, or is this just me? Incoming Ninja Creamy. Yeah. Like the Ninja Creamy was a must. I mean, actually we've been super, super good. Even just from like having our own apartment together and whatnot, like our snack pantry, our cabinet is not full of junk. You go home and it's like, you know, both of our families, like there's snacks around and stuff. So naturally we are more of like the snacky sweet tooth kind of people. So like when it comes down to that and you're like, shit, I really want me, it's like some chocolate. Are you like, I really want some candy because you are a candy guy. How do you then kind of talk? What's the conversation that you have with yourself to just stay true to what you know is actually going to help you hit your goals? I would say the biggest thing is setting yourself up for success. It's so easy to listen to the little voice in your head and go pick up the pizza and go pick up the, I don't know, anything, pork rinds, whatever the heck. The Chick-fil-A, the McDonald's, like anything. Yeah. And just to really not have that sitting in your house, especially things that are like leftovers, it's only going to help or not even help just go and carry day after day after that so i think it's just merely making sure that you're not giving into that voice you're picking the whole healthy foods and really just being conscious of that and constantly being reminded of the goal at hand whether that whatever that is and i think too something that was always helpful for me when i was really trying to break these habits because like don't get me wrong there was a very big period of time in my fitness journey where I was terrible with my nutrition. I just don't enjoy eating like chicken and rice. Like I've learned to enjoy it, but for a while I really freaking didn't. And every day or every night, you know, I found myself snacking on this or eating that, or I would log my entire day perfectly, pre-log everything great. And then at the end of the night, still wind up eating, you know, four or five bowls of cereal because I'm like, oh, it's just so good. Like, so there was a time for sure. And it really did come down to me starting to one, get really pissed off with the fact that I would wake up the next morning and just feel like crap. I'm like, I'm bloated. My stomach hurts. I don't feel great. I didn't need thousands of calories and bullshit last night. And just kind of having a little bit of that tough love conversation. Um, And then recognizing like, dude, you always give in, right? You always go get that pizza. You always go have that snack. You always go grab that chocolate. What's going to happen? Hear me out. Let's do something crazy. What's going to happen if you don't? Like, let's give that a go. Let's see where we're at in that regard. And having that conversation, this actually used to happen a lot. Whenever I would go out to breakfast with my family, I feel like we did that a lot. Or even breakfast with Zach. Like, we love we love a breakfast. And I would get the pancakes. I'd get oh. the French toast. I'd get the Nutella stuffed tower of whatever and feel like crap afterwards because that food is not good for you. And I started to recognize like, okay, one time, like, let me just give this one opportunity. We're going to go to breakfast. Instead of ordering that, I'm going to order like, some sort of like veggie omelet. Just give it a go. See what happens. And to me, the feeling of knowing the food that I put in my body makes me feel so much better. Like To me, that's more important than the very temporary taste of the Nutella French toast. So like to be able to just have that opportunity, like let's just try this once. And I really want to recommend that to anyone out there who is struggling with the consistency and sticking with it. Like give it one time. Like no matter what, no ifs, ands, or buts, we're going here. Like I'm going to order this point blank period, no swaying from the plan. See how it feels. 
see how it feels. I guarantee you're going to start to get really, really comfortable and really confident in your ability to do that because you'll start to get addicted to how good it feels to feel good. And that was a conversation I had to have with myself quite a bit at, at the start of my journey as far as like how to stay on track. Diving right into question number two, and we're going to kind of pin this both ways, spin it both ways essentially, because it's going to apply different for me and like women. And then I would argue for Zach and men in this category. But the question reads, how to get away from the once I lose weight, I can be happy type mindset. And I'm going to spin it for Zach into the once I get big, I can be happy mindset. Because I know for for guys too, it's like you 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 want to be big. You want to have size. He's like, he walks around the house all the time saying like, he wants to look like a freaking monster. So it's like, okay, how do you get away from like, I'll only be happy when type mindset. Um, I think that's something that I still struggle with. with <laughs> You'll let us know when you figure it out. <laughs> Just continue to talk about it now. It's definitely easy to get caught comparing apples to oranges, but I mean, it's a whole different league and you're in your own category. And I love that. I, I don't know. I just somebody that's very competitive and very driven and especially being in the bodybuilding realm, it's very easy to oh, yeah. want to get bigger, want to be your best. If you're not training optimally that one day, like what that affects <laughs> the the rest of your future. I mean, it's just, it's definitely something I continue to struggle with, but it's, I, I think it's really just coming down from not even just like the gym. It's, it plays into a lot when it comes into like life and really just Taking it one, yeah, yeah, one step of the journey, like where you've come so far, not like where other people are. So like relying more so on, you know, progress is what I can be proud of versus I'm not there yet type mindset. Yeah. Take the yeah. wins. I mean, it's like you win the battle. You didn't win the, the war yet. So what? Like you have to win the battles in order to win the war. I love that. And it's kind of, I would say a daily battle. Is it a daily battle? Yeah. I'd yeah. say <laughs> just about. I'd say it's, it's an everyday. And it, it is in part a piece of the journey. It is because you're now doing almost everything you can to see the progress you want to see, to lose the weight, to get big, to see the physical change. So when it comes down to it and you're like, I'm not there yet. Zach's, I mean, watching the Olympia a couple of weeks ago, you're like, I don't look like that yet. Like, no, I don't think <laughs> 1% of anybody looks like that. And, it's, and it's, it's hard. It is. And I don't think it's talked about enough because it really does start to kind of fuck with you mentally when you're like, I like don't love what I see in the mirror. Like I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And hear me out. You're going to have more days not being there yet than when you quote unquote are there. And that's like the second piece of this too, is like, if that's the mindset you're stuck in and like, Zach, I know we talk about this too. Like you're never going to be there. Like it doesn't matter what you look like. If your goal is to lose 20 pounds and you're like, I will be so happy when I lose those 20 pounds, guess what? You're going to lose them and you're going to say, mm, I can lose a couple more. Mm, I can get a little bigger. Mm, I just won my show. Yeah, I didn't really love what I looked like. Yeah, that's, I think prep has a whole different, like the fact that, and I think a lot of people in bodybuilding prep can definitely relate to you look the best that you have your entire prep and you're still picky about mm -hmm. how you look. And I think that's like between that and I mean, for guys in particular, for feeling like a skinny bitch version of themselves, like <laughs> yeah. that's, it's a, it's a real thing. And I think, uh, but then going the opposite too, like, okay, I'm a skinny bitch during prep cause you're so lean. And then you do start to put on a little bit more weight, a little bit more size, which comes with a little bit more body fat. And you're like, fuck, I feel like the Michelin man. Like it's very, it's very hard. Yeah, it's definitely, I think the hardest part that they don't really talk about too much is like the mental battle that you go through a lot. So, I mean, it was playing football. It's like you always play with team and you're always in mm -hmm. camaraderie. And I think 
sports like wrestling and sports like bodybuilding, like where it's very much individualized, it's you versus you. It's such a mental battle all the time. Mm -hmm. And especially like from a physical standpoint, like especially if you're somebody who values other people's opinions of you, that's not necessarily the sport for you because that's going to dwell on your, your brain a a lot of the time. Yeah. And I I like what he said at the start was like, you have to win the battles. And I would argue if you're stuck in this, like once I lose those 20 pounds, I'll be happy. Once I fit into a size six, I'll be happy. Like, again, you'll fit into that size six because you're going to be doing everything you're going to need to do. You're going to keep kicking ass. Like you're going to fit into that size six, but then your brain's going to say, hmm, what if I fit in a size four? And that becomes such a toxic part of your journey because you really are never happy with you. And like I will a thousand and one percent admit to this too, like this last year, year and a half for me with my whole gut protocol and essentially having to, I mean, Zach's watched me do it, like essentially having to like bodybuilding type prep for nutrition for like a year. I mean, obviously I lost a lot of body fat. Obviously I got super, super lean. I mean, we were sitting out the pool one day and I was like, holy shit, I have ab veins. I'm like, this is nuts. Like, and already now kind of coming off of that a little bit, calories are climbing a little bit, like body fat's coming back a little bit, which is all very normal and healthy and necessary part of this journey. I'm sitting here like, you know, I kind of might've liked how I looked shredded a little bit. Like I'm already starting to kind of have those thoughts creep back in. So I understand this 100%. I want whoever's asking this to know that both Zach and I too, like we deal with the exact same thing. Um, How do we still be happy along the journey? And I think that's what he mentioned, finding those small wins every day, recognizing your progress, recognizing what you're doing really well, finding ways to genuinely enjoy what it is you're doing instead of enjoying when you get there right? You're on a cross country road trip. I always compare fitness to a road trip. You're driving from California to New York. Like you got to stop at some freaking crazy national parks. You got to go see, you know, the Grand Canyon. You got to go do these things that are like, holy shit, I'm really doing this. This is incredible along the way. Because when you get to New York, when you get to that end goal, when you lose those 20 pounds, when you're as big as Zach wants to be, your brain is instantly going to say, what's next? And if you are designed for that competition and that drive and that push, you're going to keep pushing. So unless you find ways to really enjoy the journey and what you're doing along the way and recognize those wins along the way, that's when you start to just feel happy and confident and content. And hey, those goals still might shift, but you're going to feel a lot more satisfied with the progress that you're making if you can look at it that way. Is that is that like making sense? Yeah. You kind of, are you clapping? Yeah, very good. Off my high horse. So do you have anything else to kind of add for that one? Uh, I would say, I mean, just comparing everything that I've done through like my fitness journey and just really like taking a minute to soak in the moment is a really important aspect of this as well. I mean, it's really easy to get caught up into the day and day to day routine, this same thing. Uh, it's, I think just making Enjoy sure that, ride. yeah, you're, you're enjoying it while you go through it as well and taking a step back and just kind of soaking it all in. Find ways to love what you're doing because you'll stick with it. And then when you do reach that goal, you'll be excited for the next goal instead of feeling like you have to reach it in order to be, you know, quote unquote, successful. Question number three. This when is the you- last podcast we do together. <laughs> I wish the people could see the behind the scenes right now. Ah, it is chaos. She's hitting me. I am not. All right. When are you getting a dog? I want a dog now. <laughs> I love that somebody asked us this because, I mean, I didn't even post that we were doing the episode together and I saw this question got asked and I'm like, hell yeah. So when are we getting a dog, Mr. Tripodi? I asked you for Christmas. Yeah. He actually asks me every effing day, every day. 
And what kind of dog do you want? I mean, you got to we got to expand because we also do not agree. Shocker, do not agree on what we want. Well, I mean, listen, I agree with what you want. It's just anybody, tell, tell the people. I want a Frenchie, kind of. The boy wants a Frenchie, a little French bulldog to run around with the fucking zoomies, and the two of you will be little crackheads. I'm gonna have like a little backpack or like one of those things <laughs> we carry the babies with. That's what I want to walk around with, like at the mall or whatever. You're bringing him to the mall? I don't really go to the mall, but I go to the mall. I was going to say, when was the last time you went to the mall? Well, when we go on walks and stuff, you would carry him or you're going to walk him? Yeah. Have you seen the video of like the, it's the Frenchie and like the carriage and it's like making the weird noises as people are walking by? (laughs) No, it's like yelling and people are like just staring at it. That's what I want. Just strapped to my chest. So Zach wants a little Frenchie and I want a Bernice Mountain Dog. I want a very large bear-like, gigantic. If you don't know what a Bernice looks like, go look it up. That and a French Bulldog are literally complete opposites. Yeah, I told her she's picking up the shit. And that's where we do not agree. (laughs) (laughs) That is the one. And that is the reason we have yet to get a dog. No, honestly, like we want one so bad. It's kind of not – it's one of those like – not if, but when. Like, we know we're going to get a dog. We're huge dog people. It's funny. I'm a huge dog person. I've ever had a dog in my entire life, ever. Um, but Zach has. And I've been asking for a puppy since I was, like, six. Never had one. Um, so we do want one, honestly, in Charlotte. Like, it's such an active city and it's such a dog-friendly city. There's literally no reason why we can't. More so just the fact that we travel. I travel a ton. Like, we're always just moving around different places. It's nice to not have a reason to, like – have to go home at a certain time or have to be away or have to do this or have to do that. <laughs> you act like we leave the house. No, <laughs> but like you get like, I like to go home for like no, a couple I weeks, know. right? So if I do that, or if I like randomly book a trip or like we want to go somewhere or like we're out of the house. Yeah, you're right. We're never really out of the house. <laughs> we'll just bring them to eat beans if we go. Yeah, my cat house, beans at fine. home. So when are we getting a dog? Hopefully, I would say Tomorrow. in the next, oh, I was going in the next year. Sorry. Okay. So I in the next, okay. In, in the near future, either a Frenchie or a Bernice or both. Or pocket bully. I don't know. Oh, okay. To be continued, but it will absolutely be happening. Okay, so the dog question was just a little bonus in there. Last actual question, number three for today, says, how much protein slash lifting if I'm just trying to maintain muscle but not necessarily build? I've been an athlete my whole life, so happy with the muscle mass that I have on, uh, just looking to maintain it, not necessarily grow, which I think is actually a pretty valid point, not even you know just for athletes out there, but for anyone who has been lifting and essentially reached their goal where they're like, all right, I'm, I, f- I feel good because – Contrary to popular belief, you don't always need to be in a bulk or a cut or a bulk or a cut. There is a such thing as maintenance when you kind of reach what you think, at least for the time being, is your goal physique. So, Zach, thoughts on how to maintain? And I know you're probably going to laugh because you're like, I'm always trying to build, always. always. But how would you kind of go about this as someone in this situation? All right. Well, first of all, I hope you had a fantastic career as an athlete. How do you pick up on that part? Um, The second part of that, as far as like protein and lifting goes, I think if you're somebody that's trying to be in maintenance and not necessarily go into fat loss or muscle building. building, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's just comes down to one for like your protein intake, probably anywhere from like 0.8 to one gram Gram, per, yeah. yeah, Something like that per pound of lean muscle uh, as well as like lifting, probably not exceeding any, any more than like four times a week of like really, heavy resistance training, like a lot of isolation, a lot of uh, reps and a lot of sets. I would kind of avoid the hypertrophy aspect right. of things and go Which more. Which I actually so- just talked about in my last episode too with like how to build muscle was like more of that hypertrophy. So you're saying, I mean, obviously for this person, I would go more into like a strength phase. Which would be like, give the people examples. Yeah, okay, sets and okay. Reps. So I'd say more of like 
lower, lower volume. So when I say lower volume, probably less than 12 reps, uh, mm-hmm. even like getting upwards towards like 10, maybe keeping it more in like that six to 10 range mm-hmm. just to, again, try to more, a little bit heavier resistance training uh, rather than more so going to like that hypertrophy stage. Yeah, you know, I think it's important to note too. I, I completely agree. We were actually talking about this prior to. Uh, I completely agree. Hypertrophy training being like reps of like 12 to 20 or more, that's what's going to increase the like physical size and appearance of the muscle. So if you're like, I don't want to grow my arms, you know, doing bicep curls for sets of 15 to 20, like with, you know, heavy enough weight that will grow the size of that muscle. And that's also why I hate when people say like, oh, if you want to build lean muscle, you need to do lighter weight, more reps. Like you muscle is muscle point blank period. There is no lean muscle versus bulky muscle. Muscle is muscle. Fat is fat. The ratio of what you have on you, that comes down to your nutrition, nothing to do with the gym. And you actually want to be lifting heavier in order to put on muscle and decrease body fat, whatever. It's a conversation for another day. I agree a hundred percent. I think reps of six to 10, I think is normal for this pertinent person in maintenance mode. We're also talking about too, like you don't want to push to failure. Like if you're doing lap pulldowns, right? Like your sixth, seventh, eighth rep is not like arms shaky, barely pull the bar down, like pretty much to failure. Not that that's going to, you know, instantly beef up the size of your muscles in 2.2 seconds, but there's really just no need to, if you are kind of trying to maintain. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think anytime that you're going heavier weight, you're overstimulating like your nervous system like that. It's just you're gonna have a lot more muscle recruitment and you're gonna and like hence a lot more damage and then hence a lot more micro trauma and right. wanting to rebuild. So again, not necessarily pushing to that like use RPE but like don't a, abuse. Yeah, like don't go into like the RPEs or like the nines and the tens necessarily. I mean more in that like six to seven yeah, range. And not all the time. I mean if you're doing like one top set, it's say like a eight to ten RPE, not that I use that training style too mm-hmm. often, but like in this case, if you're trying to be somebody that's not trying to bulk up and put on too much muscle, it's something that I would probably be more conscious of. Right. And like to maintain, you do need to use your muscle. You're not going to be training your legs as aggressively as you would if you're trying to build some crazy quads and that's fine, but you do still need to use the muscle. It's kind of like the use it or lose it mentality, right? Like your, our bodies are trying to be as efficient as possible at all times. And muscle is very inefficient because it costs us, if you will, a ton of calories. We have to eat more to maintain that muscle tissue, which is a good thing. That's what your metabolism is for. But if you are not using that muscle, your body instantly says, well, we got to get rid of this, right? This shit is weighing us down. So it tries to kind of break it down and essentially get rid of it. Not, you know, overnight or anything, but you do want to be using the muscles in your body. Uh, Like we said, I would say lifting about four times a week, uh, ranging six to 10 reps, you know, for every exercise, probably about three sets or so. If you want to do some crazy leg days in there, like by all means, I think the biggest thing right now, if you're not trying to grow also comes down to your caloric intake. So that's where Zach said about like 0.8 to one gram of protein. Yeah, just about, especially like if you're not trying to grow and repair a lot of damage that you're doing when you're lifting and it's not, you don't need that necessarily too much. Right, right. You're exactly, you're using, but you're not abusing your muscles. You're not crippling sore and super fatigued. You're, you're feeding yourself well, eating about maintenance calories or so, and then keep tabs on things. If you're doing this style of training and you feel like you're kind of getting a little weaker or a little bit, I don't know, scales coming down, you're losing some of that muscle mass. Cool. Bump up calories a little bit, bump up the intensity of training a little bit. This is not a one and done. Like this is how you should train for the rest of forever to maintain. You're going to have to self audit and make adjustments as you go. And that may mean doing more that may mean doing less. Uh, but as long as you're kind of keeping tabs on your workouts keeping tabs on your nutrition, it should be fairly easy to adjust based on like how you're feeling. Anything else on that? 
no, I think you, uh, and it's yeah. also cool too, like as an athlete or I guess a former athlete shifting into like lifting versus sports specific fitness, it is an adjustment. So also give yourself a little bit of time to like make that adjustment. And that concludes our Q and a episode three questions plus a bonus is that get the <laughs> yeah. I, cannot, I wish you I wish you guys could see a behind the scenes right now, but we are in our very professional, very upper echelon, you know, type podcast studio. She's wearing your jammies. I am in my jammies. I always record in my jammies. You gotta be comfortable. If you want to have good thoughts, you gotta be comfortable. That's a rule I live and breathe by. Okay. Comfy clothes always. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to the MRP. And like I mentioned at the start, you go ahead and uh, head over to the Facebook group that we have here as well to continue these conversations, to ask more questions, to pick my brain and Zach's as well. He may, he may be popping in there in the near future, but I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for tuning in and I will catch you all next week.